you do not know me, nor do you know my name. Almost nothing of me is recorded in your Bibles, but I am there. I was a taxpayer in a long ago and far off place, and parts of my story may be familiar to you. The place was a, was a village called Bethlehem, and the time was during the reign of Caesar Augustus. Augustus. Some regarded him as a very great ruler, but as a Jew, I did not. His armies had invaded my homeland, and his leadership was forced upon me and countless others. Caesar's empire at the time reached across the part of three continents, and his power appeared appeared to be supreme. Yet caring very little for empires, I concerned myself only with that part of the world known as Judea. That same Caesar, sometime before, had decreed that people in portions of his empire should be counted. So a census was taken. I think that it was just another way for the empire to squeeze more taxes out of already poor Jews, of which I was one. So people were to travel, they were instructed to go back to their ancestral homes to pay their tax and to there be counted. It was Roman efficiency at its finest. Bethlehem was the community of my ancestors. It was a very simple town, yet because of the go-and-pay-your-taxes decree, it had become a very, very busy place. There were many people there during that time with few places to stay. I had traveled far, many, many miles, many, many days. I had traveled far, and I arrived in Bethlehem late in the day. I was hungry. I was weary. I wanted only to fill my stomach and to find a place to rest my body. So I went to Bethlehem's inns, and I found they were full. I did, however, find one inn with space available for one more person. I took it, and I felt fortunate to secure the last available place in town. I must admit, I gave no thought to those who would come after me. Now realizing the significance of that night, I wished I had slept in lesser accommodations, but I didn't know. You see, to me it just seemed like another day. Much later, years later, I learned that after I arrived there in Bethlehem that night, a, a slightly distressed man and his obviously expectant wife also asked about available rooms. But with me occupying the last space, the owner of the inn had to turn them away. And then, at the last minute, he allowed them to sleep in the, in the stable that was attached to the inn. Their child was born that night. 
another thing that I learned much later, that same night, local shepherds reported having seen angels. I know, it sounds strange, but angels. The angels apparently directed the shepherds to come to our village to view and worship the Savior of the world. Now I know that angels pronouncing, uh, or announcing rather such amazing things to shepherds seemed rather strange to me as well. But later on, the one who was born that night would refer to himself as the good shepherd. Perhaps it was only right that the first persons to see him would be those who cared for flocks. But I'm getting ahead of myself. That verse from your Bibles, Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, verse 7. The words are very, very few, and yet they declare so much. You see, they declare that the arrival of the King of Kings happened that night. And there had never been before, nor has there since been, such good news reported. In those hours, in those Largely overlooked at the time ours, all of heaven must have looked on as that child was born and took his, his first breath. For in that unusual place, God became flesh and he began dwelling among us. Amazing. And what was I doing while that was happening? Well, just a few just a few feet away, I, I sat and swapped stories with fellow travelers. To think this, uh, this amazing event happened so close, and yet I was so unaware. And that may be the very saddest part of my story. To be so close to the Messiah and fail to know it. That night, I slept on a proper pallet, while the two people entrusted to care for the Messiah slept on hay. And the one who became the Savior of the world was gently placed in a, in a feed, feed manger. This is remarkable to me, that the Son of God, that the Son of God the one who was present at creation was placed in an animal's feed trough. Now, with the vision of many years looking back, I, I do not feel guilt or shame about that day, but regret. Regret for not realizing God himself was so close. Regret for not realizing he had come to earth. Regret that I did not know that my temporary location that night was the place of his arrival to this world. You see, I, I, I mistook one of the most extraordinary events in all of history for just an ordinary night. What an opportunity I had. It was an, it was an opportunity that was unsurpassed in my lifetime. 
but it's one that I failed to notice. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, arrived just a few feet away from me. But to me, it was, it was just another day. It, it was just another moment, just another night to do what others around me were doing. We were eating and talking and laughing and sleeping and arguing and, and missing it all. Had I only known, had I only known at the moment, things could have been so different. I could have worshipped with the shepherds and, and with the angels. I, I, could have, I could have walked over and, and looked in awe at the long-awaited Messiah that had been prophesied hundreds of years before. My life might have changed that day. But it, it just seemed like another day. While I have regrets, I, I suppose that mine are excusable. After all, it was, it was God's plan that only a, a few people, parents, and shepherds, would know of Jesus' humble birth that night. Just a few. Others, like Simeon and Anna, wise men from the east, they, they too would know soon enough. But... I, along with many others that were there that night, we were not meant to know. Yet he came so that in time everyone would know. And this is what I find so remarkable. Almost no one knew that night, according to God's plan, but he came so that everyone could know. I was so close to the very presence of God and yet so unaware. How like many people in your day. God's presence so near, so accessible, so ready to be found and yet so few realize it. How many people will walk by and and mis, misunderstanding that His presence is really so close. In your time, many people sing of the Savior's birth, but they fail to know the Savior. They, they adore the manger, but they ignore the cross. They exchange gifts with each other, and yet refuse the gift of eternal life that He came to give. I must admit, from where I stand, I must admit that I don't understand people who are so taken with the events of that day while often resistant to the person who came that day. I missed the Savior by just a short distance. On a long ago Bethlehem night, Yet it's tragic how many people will miss him in a lifetime of opportunity. The message of Jesus Christ is, in your day, well-known and well-documented. There is hardly a place that you can go that you will not find 
some measure of his birth, his life, his ministry. So many people know of his birth. Some have even placed that stable scene in their homes, but they fail to allow the Savior into their hearts. I may be excused for missing him then, but will you be excused for missing him now? Don't miss him. He's much closer than you realize. Hear it from the experience and the perspective of one who was so, so close and yet unaware. He's much closer than you realize. He's really just, a, just one prayer away. I write these things in this letter to you as one who failed to know his nearness, though I later came near. And I write these words so that you will not overlook the one who lived and died and lived again to take away the sins of the world. I am your fellow worshiper the taxpayer. It's, of course, a bit of a work of fiction. There certainly was someone there who night, that night who took the last space. There were some people in the inn just adjacent to it who were oblivious that Jesus was being born just a few feet away. Again, they're excused. They were not meant to know. But Jesus came so that everyone can know. This morning you've come, and I want to thank you for joining us today. You have come on this Christmas day when it's such a family day, and yet you've come to celebrate his birth. It is, by the way, his birthday, so why, why couldn't we gather? But I want to thank you for coming. But I also want to give you the opportunity, in the event that there is someone here who you, you know about Jesus, you know the events of his birth, you, you can see the scene in your mind, you, you know even some of the smaller details about the shepherds and the angels, and, and, and the gifts that were later presented to him. Maybe you know some of the details of his earlier life or, or his ministry. You may know some of the details. You may know all of those facts of his life, but you can still be so far from him. I heard this a long time ago. You've, many of you have heard it as well, that, that oftentimes the greatest distance in the universe is the 18 inches between a person's heart and their mind. That they understand there was a, a man named Jesus who came and who lived and who died. You may even believe that he rose from the dead and yet you've never experienced his presence in your life. If that is you this morning,
I shared last night, and many of you were here last night, that the greatest, single greatest gift that you can ever receive is the gift of eternal life that Jesus came to give. He, did, he, he received gifts, we know that, but he did not come to receive, but he came to give. And so in the closing moments of our brief time together this morning on this Christmas day, I want to pray with you again. And, 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 and would you do this? Would you bow your heads with me, please? And, and, and if there's anyone here that would, that would simply, just with two things, would you, would you lift up your hand and catch my eye? Would you do that? And, 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 and would, you, would you signal to me that oh, yeah, I, I, want, I want that gift? I, I, I don't want to be so close and yet miss him. Is there anyone here that would just lift up your hand and say, yeah, that's, that's me. I, I, I want to be closer. Thank you. Hand right over here on my left. Is there anyone else? In back, thank you. Is there anyone else here this morning that would just say, I, 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 I understand what happened, but I want to know him. If that's you, just lift up your hand. Two persons have already. Thank God. Again, in these closing moments, would you pray this with me? You may have prayed it a long time ago. Maybe today you're praying it again after perhaps wandering away and being separated from the presence of God. Maybe you're praying it for the first time. You raised your hands. But regardless of how, would you pray this with me? Just pray it out loud. If you agree with these, then, then pray it. And if you pray this, and if you truly believe it, then God will begin a wonderful work in your life. Let's pray this together. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you came and that you came to give. You came that faraway place a long ago time for now came to give me new life you came to ultimately die on the cross to live again to give us the forgiveness of sins forgive my sins come into my heart be my Lord and Savior I believe in you I believe that God raised you from the dead and I declare you as Lord. Today I begin a new journey. A follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that my name has been written down in heaven. And someday I will see you face to face. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You realize that when Jesus came on that very familiar scene, that wasn't the end, it was just the beginning. When we accept Jesus Christ into our lives, it isn't the end, it's simply the beginning. We, of course, know that Jesus would, would live as a man for about another 33 years. The last three years, he would minister. Again, he would die on a cross, give his life, shed his blood for us, and you'd be raised from the dead again. He would, he, would, he would accomplish what God desired him to do. This morning, you may have begun something very powerful 
and that is a living relationship with Jesus Christ. By the way, that's something that, that really hundreds of people in our church and millions, multiple millions of, of people around the world have, have experienced. It's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. And, and, and the greatest thing in a in relationship with Jesus Christ is still ahead of us. I would like you to stand, would you please? I, I want to pray over you. Again, I want to thank you for joining us for a little bit of a different service, of course, a different time. You have plans with family, and I want to ask God's blessing upon you. Next Sunday, we are going to gather here. It is the first. I would encourage you not to stay up till 7 o'clock in the morning. Um, uh, some of us who are a little bit older, it's hard even to get to midnight, isn't it? But uh, we are going to be having a service. It's going to be the first day of the new year, and we're going to gather back together in this place to worship the one who came, the one who gave, and the one that we're going to see again face to face. Glory to God. Let's pray. Jesus, I ask your blessing upon my brothers and my sisters for what you have begun in hearts today, for what you have accomplished in lives today. But Jesus, again, it is just the beginning. I ask that as they travel, that they would have safety in their travels, wherever their ultimate destination is today or in the days ahead. I ask your blessing upon them as they connect together with friends and family. May you be uppermost in our hearts and in our minds, and we thank you. We look forward to seeing you, the one who came and gave, and we love you and, pra and we praise you. In Jesus' name, we adore you. Amen. God bless you this morning. Merry Christmas.